the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. You know, we just got through reading the 103rd Psalm, one of my favorite psalms. There's a line in there that always gives me a start where he says that uh, God remembers that we are but dust. But did you know that you are no longer but dust? That's the truth. Because the body is not you. It's the body that returns to dust. You are his creation, a new creation. And it doth not appear what we shall be, but when we know when he appears, we shall be what? Like him. And you know what? That's interesting because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The whole of the Old Testament is Jesus or God setting a contrast between himself and the dust of man. And the whole of the new covenant is God saying, I have made you like me. Revealing the truth of who you are. Made in my image. What a contrast. Because no longer are we asking God to visit upon us all that is needed to live this life down here and honoring him. We are now thanking him that he has made us into holy beings that will express the truth of his character and are fully equipped to go forward in truth. Well, as we begin back at Second uh, Timothy, and we look at that once again, that's what Paul is trying to impress upon Timothy. He's trying to make sure that Timothy really understands that this is not about Timothy's performance as a minister in terms of his flesh. He wants him to understand that it's not about what he's been equipped in the flesh to do. It's not even about the difficulty of his circumstances, how hard they will be or how difficult they will become, or the weakness of his flesh, or his own ineptness, or his incapabilities. And don't we, don't we all deal with that sense of insecurity? We all fear that we'll never be enough. And we spend a great deal of our time, or I have over the years, spent a great deal of my time praying that God wouldn't make me enough. And I pray in unbelief when I pray that way. Because God has made me enough. Is Jesus enough? 
Who is your life? Now, Paul writes Timothy about the peril that he's facing in the last days as the enemy is seeking to speak fear into Timothy's timid soul. Paul reminds Timothy that there is a source of truth and a tool to displace the lies of the enemy. Now, think of how merciful God is and what he's doing here. He is preparing Timothy for Paul's departure. That's what's going on. Yes, that's what Paul's doing, but it's what God's doing. What you're going to see in, this, in our text, which, by the way, is verses 1 through 5 of chapter 4, what you're going to see in this text is an exhortation of Paul telling Timothy, starting out with preach the word and so forth. Now, all of that can be seen as pretty intimidating if you're trying to take that on in your flesh. But Timothy knows full well that he can't. So what Paul is doing and what the Spirit of God is doing is what he's done with you. He has literally put you in a place to provoke the truth of God out of you. To provoke the life of Christ out of you. To put you in a position where only he can do it. And that is the uniqueness of Timothy's position. Only he can minister. And Timothy was not called to the ministry of Paul. He was called to the ministry of Christ. And there's only way that Christ can minister through you. It's through his life in you. It's through your union with his spirit. So, 2 Timothy. Please stand with me as we read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I'm reading out of the... Uh, New American Standard Bible for the book of Timothy. Verse 1. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing, his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You may be seated. Now, Paul writes in verse 1, he says, I solemnly charge you. And this is a formal declaration. And again, this is part of God impressing Timothy with the fact that it is not Paul who's put Timothy in ministry. It is God himself. And he says, I solemnly charge you. And that is a formal declaration as one would be made in court before a judge. It's like Timothy has been given a a divine quest. And he names the authority under which the charge is given. God the Father, Jesus Christ, who has been given authority to judge all created life. And under the authority of the kingdom of God. Now there's a great deal of formality here. It is a vow before God so that Timothy will recognize that this is not the declaration of man 
or of Paul. It's given by the authority of God. And I want you to understand that Paul is not, and God is not threatening Timothy with the judgment of God. He is saying in light of the judgment and the coming of the kingdom of God and upon the authority of God, I charge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose infinite grace and life we possess in his presence and by the unction of his spirit, I charge you, Timothy. Now, what he's saying is, Timothy, I charge you to express my life. I charge you to exhort my word. I charge you to live out my ministry. And I am charging you, Timothy, because I don't think there's a chance in the world that you'll ever get it done. You're just far too timid and you don't have the strength Paul had. But, you know, you're my last hope and I don't have any other ministers in that area. No. That's not it at all. He's saying, because I am in you. Because I have anointed you. Because I have empowered you. And Paul is saying... I charge you, Timothy, in the name. In other words, on behalf of. So he's not doing it just because he feels good about Timothy. He's not doing it because he thinks Timothy can handle it. He's doing it because God said, charge him. And the Spirit of God is saying, here are the words of truth to bring before him. Because I want him to see the depth of the authority with which you are charged. With which he is charged. I want you to understand this. A lot of people read that as God threatening Timothy with judgment if he doesn't do it just right. Does that sound right, really? I mean, Jesus paid for all of that already. There is now no condemnation. There's no judgment concerning us. Why in the world would Paul backtrack all that and say that he was judging? No, God's not judging him. God is making sure he understands what he has been charged with and who charged him, right? I look at this and I, I don't know about you, but do you feel the passion of Paul as he writes this? I mean, in, in some sense within him, he is longing for Timothy to understand this. He's, he's absolutely throwing everything into this. And he thinks that, you know... I would think, well, this is just my emotion. This is just my emotions getting worked. But no, it's the Spirit of God in him. He's very passionate about this. And you know what's going on here? Paul is laying on Timothy his mantle. God laid upon Jesus the mantle. And Jesus laid upon Paul the mantle. And now Paul lays upon Timothy the mantle. And the mantle for Paul was not to be Jesus, but to live to the same dynamic that Jesus lived to in absolute surrender to his God. And the mantle that that Paul lived out was the very power and strength of the life of Christ within him. And the mantle he laid on Timothy is no less the same. So he's saying to Timothy, all that I have been, I have been because of the life that is within me and all that you are being charged to do, you will do because of the life that is within you. You don't have to come out with something grand for God. God has already done something grand in you. So Paul knows he's leaving. 
And he doesn't want Timothy to retreat into a soulish, man-pleasing ministry. He is passionately calling Timothy into the spirit-empowered ministry of the Word of God. And I believe that so many ministers do that. The calling of the Lord is not for you to build a church. The calling of the Lord is not for you to build a building. The calling of of the Lord is not for you to even build a congregation. You realize that? If it was, Jesus failed miserably, right? It's not for any of those things. The calling of the Lord is to be completely yielded to His work in and through you. And how special do you have to be for that to work? Well, let's see. You have to be a new creation. How many of you got that licked? And as a new creation, you have to be in union with the Spirit of God. Well, guess what? And you have to have the authority and blessing of Christ. Well, you got that too. And you have to have the gift of Christ. Well, you got his life. I don't know how much more gifted you think you can become. And in all of that, you have to be yielded to be the ministry of Christ and called upon to exhort the word of God. That's what it's about. And I think so many ministers get called by the momentum of religious idealism. They get called and then they, they're told exactly what that's supposed to look like and who they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to act and how the, this is how we build a church and this is how we build a program and this is how we build this. And they all fit into this mold, this paradigm that says, I'm a minister. Well, you know what? If you've got Christ, you're not a minister. You're a ministry. Live it. Live it out. Walk in that relationship. Nurture the people of God in His truth. Grow them in the reality of the relationship that they carry with them. Whether they feel it or not, encourage them to live in it. The charge is from on high, not from man, not from religion, not from tradition. It is the charge of God through Paul. It's overwhelming. I can't imagine how Paul felt when Jesus spoke to him. I can't imagine how Paul must have kept from having a a complete heart attack, except that God held his heart in place. I don't know how that would be, but that's not being charged by faith. That's not trusting. That's not how you were saved. You were saved by the invitation of the Spirit of God as you yielded to a a God you couldn't see, a Savior you couldn't see, a Savior that you could not explain, a Savior whose love you could not define or know apart from Him. And Paul is saying, you know, I received this from Christ and now you are receiving it from me. And it might have seemed like it's more spectacular the way Paul received it, but it is equally And even in my mind, more so spectacular the way you received him. Why? Because you received Christ first and foremost by faith. Never by sight. Verse 2. What is the charge? Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Preach in the Greek, by the way, is not restricted to exhortation from a pulpit. It is declaring the word. It means to officiate as a herald 
It is with a suggestion of officiating as a herald with gravity and authority and is to be received with reverence and obedience. Now, that's not my word. Receive his word. Now, this herald is declaring truth with a capital T, not creating truth. He serves more as a messenger than the creator of the message or the sender. He speaks upon the authority of the master. So, what is the message? It is the word of God. And that word is logos. Logos. This Greek word is not talking about just about ink on paper. It means words that embody a living voice. The sayings of God. That's the literal Greek translation. Words that embody a living voice. The sayings of God. Preach God's word, not the philosophical musings of man, not the soothing eloquence of flesh, but relate with abandonment the word of truth. Let the word echo in their souls, renew their minds with truth. Preach the word faithfully, without compromise. Let the word of God confront the spirit of this age that would possess the souls of men. He doesn't tell Timothy, hey, preach something that they can relate to. Make the scriptures relevant with more stories. Make sure that you're attentive to how the message is received. There's absolutely no marketing paradigms in this. No marketing paradigm to follow. There's nothing about looking to gauge success by externals. It's not in there. Preach the word of God. It is your calling of God. It will offend the flesh of man. It will be confrontational with sin. The word of God is not preached to conform flesh to truth. Listen. The word of God is not preached to conform flesh to truth. But it is to train the child of God to live from truth. There's a difference. I spent years trying to conform my flesh to what I thought truth was. How about you? And how fun was that? The reality of it is that the flesh will never conform to the righteousness of Christ. Nor can it. That's why we needed the new creation. We had to literally have the person of ourselves taken out of the body and put in, poured into the spirit in union with his spirit that the new creation might be born, a creation that could express the true righteousness of Christ. So we're not here to conform anybody's flesh. We're here to exhort you to live out of the truth that God made you to be. There's a difference. That's the ministry of Christ. Christ was a stumbling block, a rock of offense. The word of God is not about making everybody comfortable. The message of the cross is foolishness to the natural man. It's not easy. It's not popular. But God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Proclaiming the truth could cost you something in this world, but the loss will never compare to the reward, not of heaven, but of living in truth. Do you recognize that Jesus is your reward? Are you going to wait to realize your reward in heaven? You're literally stiff-arming all that God has placed within you that you might know the fullness of His reward in Christ. 
We don't have to live like heaven is the only reward we'll get. We can live in the truth of what he has given us now. And we can grow and we can expand and we can live in the fullness of it now. The path that you're on is not a path that's literally going to hopefully take you to truth. It's a path that you walk in truth. And everything that you encounter in this life is about expanding that truth and growing that truth. And if the path is long, you should be growing all the more. Because when we get to heaven, you know what? You won't need faith there. And I can't believe that all of us are going to arrive and we're going to have spent our day, absolutely, our days on this earth absolutely void of all that he has given us except for his life but many will and you know what heaven is an equal reward remember the laborers they all got paid the same when they were right it's an equal reward we're not living down here for rewards we're living in reward does that make a difference to you proclaiming the truth could cost you something in this world. It is profitable for strengthening, for empowering, for expanding you and all that God created you to be. And this is what God has said through the pen of Paul in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 3. The Lord is telling Timothy, I charge you, I charge you to preach. Preach the word of God. And the word of God has equipped you. Timothy, do not refrain from declaring the whole of the purposes of God that are in the word of God. That's in Acts 20, 17, if you want to know where that came from. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, Paul writes, Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. How are you going to retain that? In the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. If you really want to know the Word of God, you approach this Bible in faith, recognizing the love of Christ that dwells in you and the love that permeates this book so that you can no longer walk according to the flesh and be condemned by its words. You need to embrace them as nurture to your soul, as marrow to your bones. All that the psalmist says of his word is true for you. Only for him, it was a reach for you. It is the absolute essence of your being. Live in it. Timothy, remember God has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which he granted us in Christ Jesus for all eternity. 2 Timothy 1.9, if you're wondering where that came from. Preaching should not be to entertain you or amuse you, but to humbly present to you the logos of God with the Spirit's power to conform the souls of men to truth. And that's what we're doing here. We're working that our souls may be conformed to the truth that is resident within us. We are renewing our minds with that truth. We are in a place, one of the very few places that you go to, that will, in its external place, in its external structure, in every form and method of being, you can enter into the truth of who God is. That's what the church is about, in the body of Christ, right? 
Do we get that anywhere else? I don't think so. Maybe a Bible study. 1 Corinthians 1.17, Paul wrote, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. Well, the cross of Christ will never be made void in truth, but it can be made void in your soul. It can. You can become flippant. You can become lethargic. You can become disinterested in the truth of all that Christ has made you to be. Faithful in season and out of season. Favorable times and unfavorable times. Favorable climate and unfavorable climate. And I notice in verse 2 that what Paul is describing again is parenting. Look at that. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Now, you've got a lot of parents out here. Does that sound like parenting to you? Now, that's impossible apart from the Spirit of God. If you don't know that, your kid's not old enough yet. But it's the truth. It's impossible apart from the Spirit of God. As in parenting, all of these should be done in love. Remember 2 Timothy 1.13. The faith and the love which are in Christ Jesus. That love is agape. So again, what is he being called to? He's called to these things which are really the expression of the character of Christ who endured all things for the sake of the cross and being able to give forth and to exhort and to minister out of the love of God. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.